Chapter 4 of The First Christmas Tree A Story of the Forest by Henry Van Dyke This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 The Felling of the Tree A swift mountain flood rolling down its channel, a huge rock tumbling from the hillside and falling in midstream, the baffled waters broken and confused, pausing in their flow, dash high against the rock, foaming and murmuring, with divided impulse, uncertain whether to turn to the right or the left. Even so, Winford's bold deed fell into the midst of the thoughts and passions of the consul. They were at a standstill. Anger and wonder, reverence and joy, and confusion surged through the crowd. They knew not which way to move to resent the intrusion of the stranger as an insult to their gods, or to welcome him as a rescuer of their darling prince. The old priest crouched by the altar, silent. Conflicting counsels troubled the air. Let the sacrifice go forward. The gods must be appeased. Nay, the boy must not die. Bring the chieftain's best horse and slay him in his stead. It will be enough. The holy tree loves the blood of horses. Not so. There is a better counsel yet. Seize the stranger whom the gods have led hither as a victim and make his life pay the forfeit of his daring. The withered leaves on the oak rustled and whispered overhead. The fire flared and sank. The angry voices clashed against each other and fell like opposing waves. Then the chieftain Gundor struck the earth with his spear and gave his decision. All have spoken, but none are agreed. There is no voice of the council. Keep silence now, and let the stranger speak. His words shall give us judgment, whether he is to live or to die. Winfred lifted himself high upon the altar, drew a roll of parchment from his bosom, and began to read. A letter from the great bishop of Rome, who sits on the golden throne to the people of the forest, Hessians and Thuringians, Franks and Saxons, in nominee domini, sancte et individuae trietis, amen. A murmur of awe ran through the crowd. It is the sacred tongue of the Romans the tongue that is heard and understood by the wise men of every land. There is magic in it. Listen. Winfred went on to read the letter, translating it into the speech of the people. We have sent you our brother Boniface, and appointed him your bishop, that he may teach you the only true faith, and baptize you, and lead you back from the ways of error to the path of salvation. Hearken to him in all things like a father. Bow your hearts to his teachings. He comes not for earthly gain, but for the gain of your souls. Depart from evil works. Worship not the false gods, for they are devils. Offer no more bloody sacrifices, nor eat the flesh of horses, but do as our brother Boniface commands you. Build a house for him, that he may dwell among you, and a church where you may offer your prayers to the only living God, the Almighty King of Heaven. It was a splendid message, proud, strong, 
peaceful, loving. The dignity of the words imposed mightily upon the hearts of the people. They were quieted as men who have listened to a lofty strain of music. Tell us then, said Gundar, what is the word that thou bringest to us from the Almighty? What is thy counsel for the tribes of the woodland in this night of sacrifice? This is the word, and this is the counsel, answered Winfred. Not a drop of blood shall fall to-night, save that which pity has drawn from the breast of your princess in love for her child. Not a life shall be blotted out in the darkness to-night, but the great shadow of the tree which hides you from the light of heaven shall be swept away. For this is the birth-night of the white Christ, Son of the All-Father, and Savior to mankind. Fairer is he than Baldar the Beautiful, greater than Odin the Wise, kinder than Freya the Good. Since he has come to earth, the bloody sacrifices must cease. The dark Thor, on whom you vainly call, is dead. Deep in the shades of Nephelhom, he is forever lost. His power in the world is broken. Will you serve a helpless god? See, my brothers, you call this tree his oak. Does he dwell here? Does he protect it? A troubled voice of assent rose from the throng. The people stirred uneasily. Women covered their eyes. Hunrad lifted his head and muttered hoarsely, Thor! Take vengeance! Thor! Winfred beckoned to Gregor, Bring the axes, thine and one for me. Now, young woodsman, show thy craft. The king tree of the forest must fall, and swiftly, or all is lost. The two men took their places facing each other, one on each side of the oak. Their cloaks were flung aside, their heads bare. Carefully they felt the ground with their feet, seeking a firm grip on the earth. Firmly they grasped the axe-helves, and swung the shining blades. Tree God, cried Winfred, art thou angry? Thus we smite thee. Tree God, answered Gregor, art thou mighty? Thus we fight thee. Clang, clang. The alternate strokes beat time on the hard, ringing wood. The axe heads glittered in their rhythmic flight, like fierce eagles circling about their quarry. The broad flakes of wood flew from the deepening gashes in the sides of the oak. The huge tree quivered. There was a shuddering in the branches. Then the great wonder of Winfred's life came to pass. Out of the stillness of the winter night, a mighty rushing noise sounded overhead. Was it the ancient gods, on their white battle-steeds, with their black hounds of wrath and their arrows of lightning, sweeping through the air to destroy their foals? A strong, whirling wind passed over the treetops. It gripped the oak by its branches and tore it from its roots. Backward it fell like a ruined tower, groaning and clashing as it split asunder in four great pieces. Winfred let his axe drop and bowed his head for a moment in the presence of almighty power. Then he turned to the people. Here is the timber, he cried, already felled and split for your new building. On this spot shall rise a chapel to the true God and his servant, St. Peter. 
and here he said as his eyes fell on the young fir tree standing straight and green with its top pointing towards the stars amid the divided ruins of the fallen oak here is the living tree with no stain of blood upon it that shall be the sign of your new worship see how it points to the sky let us call it the tree of the christ child take it up and carry it to the chieftain's hall you shall go no more into the shadows of the forest to keep your feast with secret rites of shame you shall keep them at home with laughter and song and rites of love the thunder oak has fallen and i think the day is coming when there shall not be a home in all of germany where the children are not gathered around the green fir tree to rejoice in the birth night of christ so they took the little fir from its place and carried it in joyous procession to the edge of the glade and laid it on a sledge the horses tossed their heads and drew their load bravely as if the new burden had made it lighter when they came to the house of gundar he bade them to throw open the doors of the hall and set the tree in midst of it they kindled lights among the branches until it seemed to be tangled full of fireflies the children encircled it wondering and the sweet odor of balsam filled the house then winfred stood beside the chair of gundar on the dallas at the end of the hall and told the story of bethlehem of the babe in the manger of the shepherds on the hill of the host of angels and their midnight song all the people listened charmed into stillness but the boy bernard on irma's knee folded by her sweet arms grew restless as the story lengthened and began to prattle softly in his mother's ear mother whispered the child why did you cry out so loud when the priest was going to send me to valhalla hush my child answered the mother and pressed him closer to her breast mother whispered the boy again laying his finger on the stains upon her breast see your dress is red what are these stains did someone hurt you his mother closed his mouth with a kiss dear be still and listen the boy obeyed his eyes were heavy with sleep but he heard the last words of winfred as he spoke of the angelic messengers flying over the hills of judea and singing as they flew the boy wondered and dreamed and listened suddenly his face grew bright he put his lips close to irma's cheek again oh mother he whispered very low do not speak do you hear them those angels have come back again they are singing now behind the tree and some say that it was true but others say that it was only gregor and his companions at the lower end of the hall chanting their christmas hymn all glory be to god on high and to the earth be peace good will henceforth from heaven to men begin and never cease end of chapter 4 recording by penny ann end of the first christmas tree a story of the forest by henry van dyke